It's the wrestling talk that happens after they kick us off the air. It's the finishing move, the dark matches. And now here's your hosts, Big John Radcliffe, the road dog, Adam Gillespie, and the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Caldwell. Welcome to the finishing move, the dark match. This is road dog, Adam Gillespie. I'm with my normal tag team partners. We're all here and all ready to talk the latest in wrestling on the dark match. Yes. The finishing move. Match is like, shouldn't it be matches? Well, but this is just one match that we're doing here. But it's like a series. It's like a gauntlet, isn't it? Well, those are other match. That's another match for another day. Oh, and I'm going to talk about match, a match that we're going to have coming up in just a moment. But the voices you just heard there were John Radcliffe and Chris Colwell. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. How do you know it's evening? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Chris, how are you tonight? I'm covering for the morning people listening to this show while they're driving down up to up to work and well the evening folks hi too. I had big plans for this uh, podcast episode tonight, uh, and apparently my plan was uh, way too big. Uh, as we all know, the Undertaker recently retired. Wait, what? <laughs> In wrestling <laughs> terms, the Undertaker recently retired, so that means he'll have a match at SummerSlam, and. Uh, on his uh, on the last episode of the last ride, he says he's done for now, unless Vince needs him. Allegedly, uh, so <laughs> so until Vince needs him, he has officially retired, and that's the first time he's at least said those words. Un, uh, following up other matches where we thought, oh, that's the match that's retired him. Anyways, I said, I said, hey guys, let's get together and do a a career retrospective of the Undertaker, uh, and we were like, great, that's a good idea, or at least I y'all to my. Uh, were nice enough to my face to say that. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and uh, so I started working on it. I started taking down notes from his career. Okay, there's and, the lie. You haven't done work at this company no, in years. I've got three. I've got three pages of notes on the Undertaker's career, and I'm only to like 1996. So that's like five years. So you're <laughs> writing a novel at this and point. And we have 20 something years of uh, career to talk about. So we aren't going to be able to fit that into today's episode of the podcast, but what we're or going to do... Or the day after that, or the day after that. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to stretch that one out there, yeah. brother. Well, so we're going to do that. So we're going to take his career and stretch it out over four or five or however many podcasts it takes, probably around that number. an entire season's worth. And we're going to thank you, Taker, basically, uh, in a podcast form and kind of celebrate the man, the myth, the legend that is uh, Mark Calloway and his career in the WWE uh, as The Undertaker. Uh, he deserves that. I know on the last episode of The Finishing Move, which you can hear every Thursday night at 7 o'clock on uh, Extra 106.3, John Ratcliffe uh, you know, said, hey, when he goes into the Hall of Fame, maybe he gets the Hall of Fame all by himself. There's no other inductees that night into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, he's very much deserving of that honor. I don't think it should happen that way. So I don't understand why we can't do a four or five series podcast on The Undertaker. You guys in on that? So are you saying that The Undertaker will be the first inductee into the finishing move Hall of Fame? He will be the first one to, since I can't get my way with the WWE, can he be our first inductee sure. into the Finishing Move Hall of Fame? Which, by the way, I wish we had, well, we do have a camera, but we're not going to work it. Um, here in studio, we actually have, Adam was gracious enough to bring in his Undertaker doll. Um, no, action figure. He bought in his Undertaker doll. Action figure. With hat and trench coat to match, which is really cool. I'll be honest with you. It's very cool to see it. It is one of those things that, in particularly knowing how his career is over, as I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know, I'm not opposed to ordering a doll like that for myself to put in my office because it is really cool to see. And it is one of those things that, and I'm hoping that after you've done all the work, which kudos to you, you know, it was a great idea uh, when you, you texted out to the group and we were talking about it. But I'm hoping that you get to see why I think it could be a one-night event for just him to do almost, Taker, this is your life, this is your career, in retrospect, in showing all the multiple, all the multitudes of people that he's worked with, all the things that he's done throughout his career, and how long it could easily take. When you think of, we talked about it briefly, the matches against Shawn Michaels, the matches against Kane, the matches against... Um, uh, Triple H, the matches against mankind, the matches that can go. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Even you have, you know, if you guys were watching uh, Friday Night SmackDown, 
he could even give him a little segment there of Jeff Hardy coming out and taking the time to say that match between him and Jeff Hardy, what it, if it meant anything to Jeff Hardy, what it meant to him. For Undertaker to even at that point in time come out, I still think, and I still will hold true to it, I feel like for what he's done for the WWE, for what he's done for this business, he could easily be someone that could go for you know just that long in terms of uh, his own induction, and I think it'd be great. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be tons of fun. I hope you guys tune in, those of you guys who are listening, will tune in and follow us with it, because I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this as from the three of us, what I, for longtime listeners of The Finishing Move, we each look at wrestling from three complete, completely different perspectives, unique perspectives. That's one of the fun things about doing this show. That's the fun part about this show is where one of us might be more into the fan, fandom side of it. The other one is more in the business side and all different places around. I think this will be so much fun. So I'm in and I'm looking forward to it. Well, I mean, when you the more you talk about it, I wasn't completely sold when we brought this up recently on the show, but the more you talk about it and the more I think about it, it would be great for him to get that one night Hall of Fame induction. When you think about it, overall, there's nobody that has ever wrestled for WWE that you can sit there and look at the, the span of their career and the fact that he was in WWE the entire time. He didn't miss time due to back injury. Shawn Michaels is the only other person you really think of, or you know, he's way behind him, but Triple H is probably about five or six years behind him. Same kind of argument for Triple H later on. But Undertaker, literally 30 years, he's been there. No, he hasn't been a full-time competitor for a long time. But, I mean, all these memories, the fact that, Adam, as you went to do the the prep for that show, you realized that it was just that much time, that much content of his career that you couldn't talk about it over an hour-long podcast tells you just how long and how storied his wrestling career is and you really you really could spend a lot of time just throwback videos and different people you know someone like John Cena who got the nod of approval his first night on Smackdown years ago from Undertaker that kind of thing I mean it could mean a big deal to see all these guys just come out to pay tribute to him he doesn't get inducted by one person he gets inducted by a locker room full of guys that respect him that's really not a bad idea as far as the action figure goes, it's awesome, and we might need to snap a photo of that and put it up on the official Wrestle Extra Twitter account. This is a question I was going to ask you guys in the show. Uh, it's a question that we've answered. If we had a show time, sheet. We would have known that at the end. On yeah, this, where is the show uh, sheet? Show, so it's not a, a unknown question. And we, in in our diehard listener Chad, uh, he probably knows the answers. Hey Chad, uh, for Brian each of Hoyt us. too. He's a Brian Hoyt said he's a diehard. He listens every week. <laughs> um. Well, he's just looking for stuff to put in the audio fun bag to, to kill us on air, if anything. Needless to say, doing. we give him tons. <laughs> um, let me ask you a question real quick, and, and please don't go into detail. Just give me the name. Uh, who is your GOAT, Chris? John Go. Boy. Not being prisoner of the moment, just off the cuff, I'd have to go flare. Okay. I'll I'll uh, give you more time here, Colwell, and I think most people would expect this answer from me, but it's for me it's Hogan. Uh, go ahead, Chris. I can't disagree with you. For Hogan, I can't disagree okay. with you. Well, we'll take that. We'll we'll keep that for another uh, time. But you took that as a window. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take that and run with it for sure. Because uh, these days, not a lot of people agree with me on that. Um, but if you didn't do that for Flair, who was very much deserving, if you didn't do that for Hogan, if you didn't do that for others. Uh, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve that. I just think it's almost unfortunate, maybe, or a slap in the face that those guys didn't get that night. If Ric Flair is the greatest of all time, he should have had that. Here's the on only, one and only. Night. And here's the only reason I go with that against the Undertaker about it. Undertaker was, and granted, Ric Flair, who you know, and Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea, they are characters. The Undertaker was an was a mythical character. Ric Flair is a real when if you take his real name away, you still can see the limousine driving champagne, yada 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 yada. Hulk Hogan, eat your vitamins. You could see him at Venice Beach working out. You could see him at Gold's Gym. Ric Flair, you could see it. You could see at the bar. You could see him at the airport. There were never any stories of the Undertaker that way, and that's why I say, and I get where you're going with that. But the Undertaker was mythical. He he wasn't. He wasn't that real. I hate to say it like this, and I hope you guys understand what I mean when I say it. He wasn't real. And he took it. He's the last of that left. I mean, I get it. You got the Bray Wyatt that's still out there. You have, but he's shown that he's real. 
He's wife, kids, he social media, all these other things that are there. The Undertaker is the absolute last of the doink the clowns, the dupe the dumpster drosies. Oh, well, that's and, insulting that you just put him in the same sentence as doink the clown well, and duke the dumpster drosies. Well, I'm using Duke's mythical great. character. Okay, <laughs> the, the, the garbage you, man you, is you, mythical. You go, you go out. <laughs> All but right, that's where I'm going, and that's what when I say that where it is one of those things. And then I also keep in mind, and I go back to it. Keep in mind. This is the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. I get it. We have WCW superstars that were in there. Don't get me wrong. It's the WWE Hall of Fame. And when I say the GOAT, I'm thinking of the lineage of wrestling for me. But yes, I think easily. And there are some people that probably wouldn't even put Undertaker on their Mount Rushmore. Why? Because when you look at the when you look, you would. I would not. not. And I and I agree. That's a I want to add. The Undertaker to my mouth. And maybe like you just said a moment ago, maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment. Correct. I'm in the emotions of him re- potentially retiring. Um, but when you p- add him, you have to subtract somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest problem is who do I, who am I subtracting yep. from my already Mount Rushmore to add him on there? And that's the battle. That's another topic. That's like another discussion. We we're on, doing to do Undertaker. I think we know what Thursday's show will be about that. <laughs> Tune in, extra 106.3. Uh, we, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about The Undertaker, and we are going to talk about The Undertaker in long form over on our podcast series. Uh, so those collection of those Undertaker discussions will be matches about The Undertaker. So y'all will finally be right. Uh, but tonight on the match, the Dark right, Match. Go back to that real quick. You said we'll be right. Can I mark that. <laughs> We need to say uh, <laughs> there is a lot of uh, wrestling uh, out there, to, uh, you know, to be able to take in. We've got the WWE Network. We've got we've got podcasts in all shapes and forms out there for you to listen to, just like this one. Uh, there's radio shows. There's books. There's uh, I'm reading the Andre or I'm listening to the Andre the Giant uh, biography right now. Is he so, reading it himself? Because that could be hard no, to understand. I've heard his voice. Him. Uh, but there is a new one that has launched uh, recently. We are all three, I think. Uh, I'll speak for you two guys. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we're all Bret Hart wrestling fans. Is that yes. right? We're, oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Well, now you can have the opportunity to uh, subscribe to the Confessions of the Hitman. Season one is now available at Bret Hart for about $25 U.S. Uh, and he is going to talk about as- aspects of his childhood career, life after wrestling, and current events. Um, Does that do anything for either of you guys? You just said $25 to subscribe to this? For season one, at least. However many episodes or whatever season one consists of. I mean, I guess... uh, Well, it's now available. Let me go look while you... Well, I'm I'm guessing that, I mean, if he does like... You know, 40 episodes or, you know, it, it turns into, like, what you would pay to subscribe to on, like, iTunes for a season of your, like, favorite TV show or something. But it's Bret Hart talking about himself for however long, for $25? Well, not just himself, but current events. Current, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we might get Bret Hart talking about the pandemic or uh, Social Security issues in the States or well, – that could be great. I mean, why not? I mean, Bret Hart, the, you know – Talk show host? I mean, why not? I don't know if he'll interview people like Austin does on his. Uh, do you have any inter- interest in something like this? Would you pay $25 for uh, no, it? Hard is pass. the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hard pass. On that. Look, I'm a fan of Brett the Hitman Hart. Don't get me wrong. I, I love the Hitman. I love everything that he did. Uh, and I'm going to make a reference outside of the world of wrestling to go with it. But uh, ESPN just recently aired The Last Dance. It was a documentary about the Chicago Bulls and the last championship that they won. And the intrigue that's, that caught to me about it is I want to know what Michael Jordan was thinking when he punched Steve Kerr in the face. I want to know what happened when Scottie Pippen sat out for the season, sat out uh, holding to get surgery until season started. I want to know those behind-the-scenes things. There's a lot of it we already do know, but I want to know more. Brett, are you going to tell me more of that happened at the Montreal sc- screw job? Are you going to tell me how you felt, how your sister-in-law is feeling, or your sister's feeling, sister-in-law, excuse me, is feeling about the passing away of your brother when working for WWE? Are you going to fill me in on things like that? Are you going to tell me that you feel like, you know what, Natalia is one of the most underrated divas and Vince is holding her back because of X, Y, and Z and you can prove it? Then great. I'm there for it. It's what we talk about, uh, the dark side of the ring. One of the cool things about that is it gives us an extra component that I didn't know this. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I want to know more about that. I don't need you on Fox 5 News. 
That, uh, I appreciate it. Those fine folks do a great job over there. Uh, I think Colwell used to work there once upon a time. They do a fine job over yes, there. Yes, they do. But I don't need you to do that. I don't need you to tell me about, you know, great. I, I get to hear no disrespect to anyone. I get to hear Brett the Hitman Hart and Canada's opinion on the Black Lives Movement. Oh, I don't. So when you say current events, I guess that is makes sense that that's what you go to. But I mean, current events, he could be saying the current state of wrestling, or like what's happening on WWE or what's happening in AEW. It couldn't doesn't mean he's breaking down BLM or or the um, when they've said just current wrestling news than current events. That's, I mean, yeah, well, what's the I know, latest I know, news in I Canada know, right now? I'm just saying, don't. I mean, we don't know that's what current events means. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking for his thoughts on what's happening in uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. Mask or no mask? <laughs> yeah, either. Yeah, I'm not looking for that either. I don't. I don't think there's a large demand for that. So I don't think that's no. what I think. Current events maybe means more of, you know, current events in the world of wrestling. And if you limit it to that, I could be very interested well, in it. Well, you pay the twenty five dollars, subscribe to it, and you let us know what he talks about because that that would be very helpful. Well, I don't know if I'm going to pay twenty five dollars for it either. I've I know about his life because I've read his listened to no, I read that one. I read his book, and it was one of the better uh, wrestling biography books that's been that, yeah, that's was. out there. So I've kind of heard all that stuff before from him, unless he's changing his tune on some of it. Um, now that would pique my interest if you tease me, and I've read his biography, and then I realize, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. This contradicts the Bible. Then you've piqued my interest a little bit. But if I did hear or a heart leaks, attack over there, if I did hear leaks that he was starting to talk about current wrestling events, he is kind of a guy that doesn't really have a need to or feel to hold back. So he could very honestly speak about some uh, current events in wrestling. And hearing that from a, a Hall of Famer and a legend, I would be interesting. Twenty five dollars were interesting. I don't know about. When you get the promo code that drops it down to like $10, maybe you can talk about it. I mean, I would imagine that out of the gate might be $25, but after like five people subscribe to it at that price, when it drops down to $15, $10, maybe, maybe the subscriber base would go up. But I mean, yeah, it could be interesting. I'd love to hear his thoughts about, you know, like nonstop. If he's, if he's talking as the wrestling world is continuing on this year and he's kind of giving you his commentary, why not? That would be kind of cool, but there ain't no way I'm spending $25 on something where one guy is going to sit there and talk. <laughs> okay. Uh, Awkward pause. Yeah, Awkward I was, silence. I was going to say, well, there goes our Patreon platform, because uh, if one of our own hosts wouldn't even pay to hear people talk, nobody's going to pay to hear him talk, I guess. Uh, so there goes an income for <laughs> any income for us. Thanks, Chris. Um, I was just on this page that had the news and notes about uh, this Bret Hart website, and I scrolled down, and there is an Instagram picture of Mandy uh, Rose, and uh, it has me very distracted at the moment. Are we going? Are we creeping? <laughs> no, with, we're with not going that? creeping. But I'm just telling you, go to Mandy Rose's Instagram account. It's uh, worth worth the trip. I don't want And that get in brings trouble. us into the Velveteen Dream. <laughs> what the hell? What kind of transition is that? Wait, how did you transition from Mandy Rose in a bikini picture on a boat? Well, she's blonde a, hair, about five. You know, I don't know how tall she is. Very attractive young lady. The Velveteen Dream. Well, because he was uh, trying to see some bikini pictures of a young lady <laughs> who apparently was too young. Mandy Rose is at least legal, and it has. She better him. be in your case. If not, that that brings up a new episode and one new vacancy on the finishing move. And uh, it looks like this may ultimately now cost him his job. The rumors are. Uh, that NXT and WWE as a whole uh, may be moving on from Velvet Team Dream. Now, to recap what he did, John, I'll let you fill us in on what happened. So evidently, the Velveteen Dream, he decided he wanted to reach out on multiple occasions to a, a minor. And uh, I won't say solicit events, but the communication that took place, uh, as my tag team partner Adam has a daughter, his conversations were not like the conversations Madison and I have when you are in the room of, hey, Madison, has school going? They went down a different path, a path that's illegal all around the world. Now, he took some time away, which uh, initially was due to injury, and we've all kind of made our own speculations. Velveteen Dream, whose real name is Patrick Clark Jr. Uh, I'll be honest, and I've said it very heavily before, that for the character, for the gimmick that he had, I was a fan of the Velveteen Dream. I expected him to be far far more successful than what he had had. 
And he even he pushed the envelope. He took a la Rick Rude and he put on had airbrushed on his tights. Vince called me up. Uh, people thought, okay, he's not a big fan of that. I've said and spoken open and honestly on uh, what I think and how I think. And this is pre Black Lives Matter or anything of that nature, where uh, I think the success of African Americans uh, in the WWE to some degree has been uh, stifled. And I was hoping he could be someone who could do it with these. Ev- and thinking that all of those events, mine, even prior to adding in the events of him reaching out to a, ch- a minor, uh, taking that out of the equation, I thought those could be enough, would have been enough to kind of keep him in trouble. I think adding this one to it was kind of the proverbial thing that would put these rumors to be a little bit true. Well, yeah, you would think so. I mean, WWE's not going <laughs> to. I mean, if, if, the, if what has happened there is absolutely true. And you can, and there's evidence to it. There's no way WWE can continue with him under the the umbrella of the company. I mean, they've already let uh, several, uh, well, at least a few wrestlers go from NXT UK and uh, Jack Gallagher as well as uh, after the uh, speaking out movement, uh, basically called out several uh, UK wrestlers and indie wrestlers for uh, sexual assaults and different types of really seedy kind of things that you just don't. I mean, that's something that, that you like to hear about, and you can't have under a company, especially a publicly traded company as WWE. So, you know, if this is indeed true, they, he can't remain under contract with WWE, and he shouldn't remain under contract with WWE. It's not, I mean, that's just a very creepy situation with him. And, I mean, he had a lot of potential. I'm with you, John. I, you know, I wasn't always the biggest fan of the gimmick, but it was different. And that's something you got to give him credit for. It got over big. Uh, in NXT, and I thought it was different enough that when it made it to the main roster, he could have been a big star on Raw or SmackDown, but that's obviously most likely not going to happen now, and he definitely is not going to get the call up anytime soon. If they were to keep him, he's going to be stuck down in NXT. So, I mean, that, at the, they're in a tough spot. It's so, it's you hate it because it's, you know, potential wasted, you know, wasted potential, but, you know, if that's indeed what happened, he has no business being in WWE. Yeah, uh, so of course Dream has responded and he tweeted out uh, back when this initially broke or came out, he said, be assured I did not communicate inappropriately with anyone. Uh, A private photo of mine was shared without my consent or knowledge and I am working with a third party to look into this matter. Uh, I don't know if maybe he's saying someone hacked his phone or got into his cloud and put stuff out there under his name because I guess that's what would have had to have happened here, correct, John? Uh, that's the only thing I could think of is that someone got in and have seen the messages. And look, I'm not by no stretch of the word. Am I passing judgment on anyone because I don't have all the answers on what has taken place? And I don't think any of us here are doing such a thing. But I think the allegations are heinous enough that, number one, not only being a publicly traded company, but the WWE who prides themselves on being kid friendly, family friendly, what what is what are all the content that they put out even outside of it on Netflix? Their kids shows, their family friendly shows, their family oriented shows. To then have the Velveteen Dream now, I can't have you on the Big Show show. I can't have you in a movie where we've seen the likes of uh, uh, Keith Lee, who has been on um, the main event show on Netflix. I can't have you on something like that. I can't have. I can't. Who wants to buy their kid a shirt? For a guy who still has the allegations of possible molestation on their hanging over their head, it's just too much of a risk. I think you you do better because WWE's contracts they're not guaranteed. They're not fully guaranteed contracts. He can be released, and if you're wrong, then you go back and say, "Hey, we're sorry. Can we mend fences? Bring you back and work from there." But if we're right, it's not a risk that you can take from a business standpoint. And I 100% understand if you want to come out and say this is the reason being. We can't do it just off the risk of we want to give you the push, but I can't keep putting you on air and trying to sell merchandise for you when ultimately I know this is still looming. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, you see these things happen and come out, and you know he was doing something that he should not have been doing, and now he's going to pay the price, and that's kind of how it should be. If you do something you shouldn't do, you should pay the price. Uh, so unfortunately, he may be going away, at least from NXT. Uh, another person who is done some things that have not been so kosher in her past. Paige? And, well, yeah, we've seen those videos, or at least I have. Um, Got them but, on your phone? <laughs> why, you want to see them? I mean, I haven't seen them. Do you have them, like, readily why, available? Why, do you want to see them? Do you have them readily available on your phone? Well, 
Talk to me after the podcast. <laughs> this conversation got weird. <laughs> Just wanted to know what he had downloaded, saved on his phone. <laughs> um, another young lady who has had a, a checkered past and is now out there uh, as a free agent. So we kind of talked about WWE distancing themselves from Velveteen Dream because of some issues that have come up. Would WWE approach Tessa Blanchard, the former Impact champion who was stripped of her title earlier this week after apparently not um, being willing to really do her job anymore for Impact Wrestling? Uh, she is in Mexico, and I guess she is, is she stuck down there? She's not stuck down there. Basically, she's afraid, basically what the report says, that she lives down there with her boyfriend or fiancé, Daga, the uh, Mexican wrestler that's also part of Impact Wrestling. She's afraid that if she comes back into the United States to wrestle for an Impact event, she's going to have trouble with the border issue with the coronavirus right now, that she won't be able to get back into Mexico because of fear. They don't, you know, it's kind of the situation with traveling anywhere uh, internationally right now because of coronavirus and the pandemic. She's afraid of that, and that's why she's basically kept herself in, in her home and hasn't come out to be a part of any Impact events uh, since All right, the, I'll give her a pass on that. I understand sure. if you're worried about traveling, at least internationally, or even whatever your comfort level is, some accommodations should be made for that. But if Impact Wrestling comes to you and says, okay, if you don't want to come here, we're okay with that. We understand. Cut us a promo on your iPhone or a video and send mm -hmm. it to us, and you can't even do that. It's one thing in scenarios like this. We've seen Adam Cole do it, where he was from his home poolside. He cut a promo. It, it doesn't take much. We've seen how Matt Hardy has made it into a huge thing, the Hardy compound, where he's, you know, the, the gym, his home, the pool, everywhere. He's made it kind of a, a whole spectacle, whether it was in uh, Impact Wrestling, whether it was WWE, wherever he might have been, he made it a complete spectacle of, of where he lives. That's all they were asking for is, hey, I don't, I, I don't, I want to dig in anyone's pocket, but I mean, how hard would it have been to get a tripod for a cell phone, maybe a selfie cam, put it up, uh, a selfie light, excuse me, set it up with the belt, find a blank wall, maybe be outside and just say, hey, and whatever kind of promo you need to cut, cut the promo, work with it, bada boom, they're giving you the opportunity. All right, so the kind of what we're talking about here is she's a free agent, but, um, do you want to go after her? Now, I say that, do you want to, because she has a checkered pass, as I alluded to. John, please bring us up to date on what that checkered pass is. So Tessa Blanchard, she's been, she's had real-life heat. She is the daughter of, is he a Hall of Tully Famer, Tully Blanchard? Uh, well, he, he went in with the four horsemen okay. when they went Hall of Famer, Tully Blanchard. She did spend some time at NXT. Uh, at her time at NXT, ultimately, she did use some use some racial slurs allegedly that you you just shouldn't say about your colleagues and co-workers uh ultimately moving then going over to impact wrestling the she's been called out on numerous occasions for her time when she was in japan the same things have taken place the same events and ultimately reports that i've even read is that not in the ring but outside of the ring she's just not the easiest person to work with she's kind of challenging to work with. I even read, and I, I'd love to give credit, I forgot to find out who it was, where one person even put out, that could possibly be the reason why they gave her, they put her with the Impact World Championship was because it was easy, it was better for her to work with the men because the men could deal with her giving the stiff punches and doing things like that, and it was just easier to put her with them. I don't know if that to be true or not. I'm basing that off an allegation, but it then leads to bring the question of, if you're having issues backstage, so much so, where we talked about Velveteen Dream and things that happen outside of the ring. We even talked about uh, talking about it on Twitter, Alberto Del Rio, things that has happened outside of the ring with him in terms of whether it be domestic violence, racial, and things of that nature. Would a company take a chance on them? And obviously, we know, I, if I'm overstepping for saying, the two main players out there right now, AEW and WWE, if if WW if AEW were to do it, we had Khan who came out just a few weeks ago making comments about Linda Hogan and the comments that she said and putting out a tweet saying, "This is why you and your husband, being ultimately Hulk Hogan, are not invited to an AEW event." If those are her issues and that's part of the problem is that she's using racial comments and racial slurs, it's a little bit hypocritical if she goes to AEW, and 
not to steal, you know, the promo from uh, from WWE and the authority. If she were to come to WWE and it's best for business and it gets the ratings needle to move, is Vince above doing that? I don't know. He's brought back numerous people in the past after being sued by them, all kinds of issues. Like, you know, look at Sable when she came back to WWE years ago. There's, I mean, Brody Piper had issues with him. He came back. Hogan and him didn't get along. If Vince thinks there's money to be made there with Tessa Blanchard, which the women's division, we all know in WWE right now, is taking a big hit with Becky Lynch being out, uh, you know, being pregnant and, and starting a family with Seth Rollins. Charlotte's out of action right now. There's a big hole in the women's division that could be filled by someone with like with the talent of Tessa Blanchard. But I'm going to go back to that comment about AEW being hypocritical, John. I, here's why I don't think it would be. Because with Hulk Hogan, there is definitive proof that he spoke and said what he was, quote unquote, he was never accused of it. It just came out and you have proof that he said what he said. There's only hearsay comments of women in Japan that she wrestled in Japan that said that she's been that way. Same way with NXT. There's no proof for certain that Tessa Blanchard has ever said anything. So I don't know that it's necessarily a hypocritical thing with AEW signing her. It's more of, you know, she actually wrestled at the all-in paper, the predecessor to AEW. If they didn't sign her then, there must have been the issue of they couldn't get along with her backstage. If they're not going to sign her, that's going to be the reason. It's not going to be because it's going to be hypocritical. Well, one of the reasons I say it's going to be hypocritical, and you're right, if they didn't sign her then... But what do you ha- what do you do now? Now you have the opportunity to say, I have a former world champion. It's things go a lot further when you've done a little bit more, when you have a little bit more. We work in the radio industry. If one of those things, if we're at, we work in a top 10 market here in Atlanta, somebody offers me in market 1100. Well, yeah, he's from a top 10 market. Yeah, we'll take him. Why? Because coming from Atlanta, we bring this guy. It. I feel like it's no different where they would take the opportunity to say, you know what? We got a former world champion. We got someone else here. We, you know, right now we can add her to it. And the namesake alone, the name alone, Charlotte Flair, Tessa Blanchard, you bring those names to it, it adds a little bit of value to it. But I think if you're going to come out there and say, is it I say it's hypocritical because if you're going to put a tweet out there like that as an owner of the company, then it is a little hypocritical at that point in time that you're saying, and kudos to you, I'm not saying you're wrong for saying this. Kudos to you for saying we're not going to tolerate this kind of language and, th- and we're not going to operate this kind of business. But then, wait a minute, we can make a couple extra bucks if we got her. Maybe we look the other way on this one. That's where I say it's hypocritical. I agree. I think uh, it's easy to tell Hulk Hogan, or especially Linda Hogan, but Hulk, uh, you know, you're not welcome here because you know he's not going to ever have a match for you. You're probably not ever really going to garner an income because of uh, him being at an event. Uh, you may draw some eyeballs and you know pop a little rating, but I doubt it. it right uh, with Tessa, you potentially could. Uh, you know, people would maybe tune in to see her. People might buy a pay per view to see her uh, take on Cody Rhodes because that's what she's doing in Impact. She's fighting men. I don't know if she would do that in AEW or WWE, but uh, you know that's currently. Or maybe see the real. Uh, you know, uh, her and her father, who is with AEW, getting back together and forming some sort of. Uh, stable uh, you know I don't know it's is it uh, it's and the cons are billionaires too so they understand what business is and what the bottom line is now if he has morals that will refuse him ever to allow someone that has allegedly said those words in uh, kind of like you said uh, good for him um, I don't know where would you like to see her end up uh, for me I'm going to say WWE and it's the easy answer because I mean look Charlotte Flair, you you that could be a great storyline that they could put together. Um, or you can go the other direction of it. I don't know what kind of four ho- female four horsemen that they literally go and build. I know it already exists, but we've never gotten a storyline out of it. We've never gotten an all-female stable. It's been some time we did, but that's when they stumbled through the names when they called up uh, Paige and all the other and uh, Sasha and all the Ugh. other ones. Um, but Goodness gracious it, it is one of those things that you can put together a female four horsemen stable and you let it run rub shot throughout since there seems to be no brand lines anymore. Let them run rub shot through Raw, SmackDown, NXT and continue on from there. So I'm going to have to go WWE. I could definitely see maybe not a four horsemen or a ver- variation of it, but second generation 
women superstars. Yeah, legacy type thing with Charlotte, Tessa, and a Natalia. I think that could be really good. Ultimately, though, I think, and you asked Adam about whether or not she would wrestle the men. I don't think there's any way that she's going to do that on either of those companies because it was kind of controversial with her being in that situation wrestling against the guys in Impact to begin with. There was a lot of people kind of questioning that, especially with her winning the women's or the the world title as as the first female to ever do that in Impact Wrestling, but I don't see that happening on a main stage of WWE or AEW. I like think, it did already. Like it did, what, with China? Yeah. yeah. But that's years ago, and that's before, you know, there's the argument that it's kind of giving the image to kids that, us, you know, men and women fighting is okay. And I think now in a PG era, you're not going to see that in WWE, except for the occasional spot where maybe a woman does like a her Karana that's a, an extra, you know, a manager or whatever. You're not going to see that in-ring action, I don't think. But for me, who needs her more for their women's division? Because she's a great women's wrestler and would fit in great. And as much as WWE's women's division needs it, we look at AEW's women's division, and I think it's left a lot to be desired for most fans. I mean, she does a really good wrestler and has done well. You know, Nyla Rose has been okay. But it's overall, I think, top to bottom, it just doesn't have the depth that you would hope that for a division that's going to be given the spotlight of Dynamite would have, she'd be a great fit in there. The question is whether or not she's welcome there. And for me, I mean, if you can make money with her, make money with her. And if she blows it, then you know what? You got her for six months. She got on your nerves. You kicked her to the curb. Uh, I do want to give kudos to AEW. They are kind. Of, they are putting their money where their mouth is, so to say, or at least Sammy Guevara's money, uh, where <laughs> where the mouth is. Um, we know uh, he was suspended recently after the resurfacing of a podcast a clip where he said he would effing rape Sasha Banks uh, because she's so attractive, I assume. Uh, so he was quickly suspended. Now, it has come out since then that Cody Rhodes says that he is not fired. He will return to AEW at some point. And uh, the salary that uh, Sammy is missing out on is being donated to the Women's Center of Jacksonville, Florida. So that's a great move, I think, by AEW, and they deserve kudos uh, for doing that, in my opinion. So I just wanted to. No, great move. Very very classy move, uh, very noble. And hopefully, look, we all, you know, Adam, you've uh, lamented on it very heavily. Uh, People make mistakes, Mm -hmm. people live up for mistakes. Sasha Banks has forgiven him, and that's the key to it. It doesn't matter how John feels or how anybody else feels that at that point in time. And to have a company, it has to feel great for Sammy to have his company back him in a manner like this to show, you know what, we don't approve of it, we've suspended him, as well as we want to show that we really don't stand by it and we're going to work to try and make try and fix this. Kudos to AEW. That's how you take a bad PR kind of situation, which, I mean, it's not like AEW is getting a ton of press, but they are getting some out there, and it's going to be negative when you see a story like that come out about Sammy Guevara, but you turn it into a positive by doing that and donating a salary uh, to charity there, and it's a good idea. And for him, I mean, yeah, he made an incredibly stupid comment that, I mean, if you're going to make dumb comments in general – that's your prerogative, but the, you got to really know your place when you're on you're on a podcast to make a comment like that when you know you're being recorded or the chances are you're going to be recorded. I think ultimately for him, the reason why he doesn't get kicked to the curb, the reason why he doesn't get fired is because he made one comment one time that was very poor in taste, but he doesn't have the, the allegations come out of things that he's actually physically done. And that's why, you know, these other guys have gotten fired from other companies. He just gets suspended and will eventually return at a time, you know, later time to be determined. Uh, today is Monday when we're recording this. You're probably hearing this on Friday uh, on Extra 106.3. So if you're keeping up with these days, as we record this on Monday, tomorrow, Tuesday, NXT. And now that we've covered the days of the week with you boys and girls, NXT. what's the day after that? NXT UK has an announcement <laughs> coming out. Now, we don't know what that announcement is, of course, when you're hearing this on Friday, we'll have known what the announcement is, but we can't react to the announcement that we don't know. Uh, there is a lot of speculation that... What NXT- the hell are you talking about, bro? You just teased I'm, something that we can't even talk no, about. But when, no, but we are going to talk about it because we're going to... We're editing we're, this out, right? Some of the rumors are that NXT could be going away. so Or NXT UK could be going away. So if that is the case... 
who would you like to see maybe come over to either WWE or NXT US, I guess, uh, from the UK? I'll start off and say that I am a huge fan of Walter, and I would love to see him come over here and compete regularly, whether that be on the main roster or NXT uh, down in Orlando in their rinky-dink stadium, a little studio that they do their stuff from, which is not on the same as the main roster. So well, third brand, now. though. Um, but I would love to see Walter. Is there anyone else from in the, in that whole, uh, what's their contingent called, their stable? Imperium. Imperium. Yeah, that whole that whole stable, Imperium, could come over. They're already kind of integrated into NXT as it is because uh, Fabian Eichner and uh, what's the other guy's name? They're currently NXT Tag Team Champions. So they, obviously they were over in the States when the pandemic started or become a big deal, so they got to stay, whereas Walter and... Uh, Alexander Wolf, we're stuck over in the UK. So I mean, I'm with you. Walter, Walter is fun to watch. He's he's a different. He's got a different look. He's a big guy who can do a lot of things. He's really good in the ring. Uh, would be a good addition to NXT. I mean, you've already got a pretty good roster over there, and it could make it even stronger. Or he could fit in eventually on the on the big show with Raw and SmackDown. Which yeah, I just said it. The big show It's still the third brand NXT, but Raw and SmackDown is bigger. I'm not going to deny that, but Walter could fit in, I mean, really anywhere he goes, especially now in a time when you don't have, I feel like this might be the best time to get folks over that, like an Apollo Crews is a good example of this. Somebody that didn't necessarily move the needle to a normal live audience when they debuted on Raw or SmackDown, but right now you don't have those big audiences, and you can, just by the fact of virtue of them being on TV a lot, can just get them over in a slow build without having to worry about fans and crowds turning on them because when the time comes where we get those big crowds, they're already focal points of the roster and, and of of the main shows. So somebody like Walter, who maybe wouldn't have gotten huge over right away on Raw or SmackDown, would have a good opportunity to do that, I think. So let me make sure I got this straight. So for an announcement on Friday, we're going to talk no, about No, no, the announcement is tomorrow, which so today is Monday, so the Tuesday. announcement is Tuesday. As we are here on Monday. So I tell you what, I'll give you my reaction on Wednesday. So in other <laughs> words, you don't know anybody in NXT UK. Well, no, I'm just trying to get my days of the week all together because then we can tell them again on Friday, right? Here's a also, question. Also, Mustache Mountain, they put on, they've been in uh, NXT before, right? There's only, yes, but there's only one problem there. Both Tyler Bate and Trent Seven are implicated oh, allegations are they, um, against them. So the, uh, that's that's the, the problem with NXT UK right now is that. Who's gonna Probably make it half through. the roster has been uh, has allegations against them, and there's a lot of folks in that UK indie scene that have been implicated. That's why a lot of folks think it might go away because the UK wrestling scene is going to take a humongous hit from what is you know these allegations that's coming out from the speaking mustache, out movement. Uh, mustache Mountain can put on a heck of a match. I remember oh, yeah. they did uh, they opened the show for a takeover maybe a year ago now or longer, but it it, it was a great mm-hmm. uh, match. Uh, Pete Dunne, who has been there, who was before Walter beat him, one of their longtime champions, he really does nothing for me. Really? I don't buy into his whole, um, I'm going to grab your finger and then I'm going to put it down on the mat and you're not going to move your hand before, while I now stand up and then stomp on it. Move. That is... Uh, I can buy into a lot of wrestling stuff, but that's one I can't buy into. So you you, you go with that one, but the proverbial people's elbow. <laughs> well, those people, well, those people were knocked out onto the mat. I'm just saying, onto the, mat. the people's well, elbow. I mean, it's completely different, and have, that was based off of being truly just a gimmick, just to be completely silly. Different, completely different. He's, he's he, grabbing your finger, not punching you, like knocking you out. He's just grabbing your finger and putting it down on the mat while you're still fully conscious. Unlike what The Rock would do to you, where he would knock you down on the mat. And, Spine on the pine. And I guess we don't even want to go into uh, who's the guy from uh, Impact Wrestling where you grab his crotch, and that's how he. Uh, Who just got fired? Joey, Joey Ryan. Ryan. Joey Ryan. <laughs> well, the, that's yeah. even more absurd. Well, I'm not a big uh, Orange Cassidy fan either for oh. some of the stuff that he can do, but I am. Uh, I did. We did, I thought we saw a little more of Orange Cassidy last week on Dynamite than we'd seen before. I think when we, he I, was battling with Jericho, and I am now looking forward to that match. I think that character, the beauty of that character, is it's getting to unravel more and more. Mm-hmm. I think the absurd. You're right. The absurdity of I'm going to put my hands in my pocket and I'm going to beat you without even using my hands 
It was it's so absurd, but you know what? But it was funny. Yeah, it was funny, and I think it was something that that it needed. And now you get to add another layer to this character that has been part of the fun of it. That's been part of the cool part about it. Well, he also, but to answer your question really oh, quick, sorry, Chris. You good man? Um, that I am going to say, someone who I'd like to see come over is uh, Katie Lee Ray. She's the NXT UK's women champion. I. I don't know what it is about the the women's division over there, and maybe because I see someone like Paige, and when I saw her, it was just kind of like, I really like this a little bit more. As I'm seeing more of the women from over there, I like their style of wrestling. Oh, they do faint. Well, that's where we got Rhea Ripley from. Yes, I mean, I she came from that. there. Yeah. But to say Ray Ripley, you bring up Kaylee Ray, to me, Tony you need Storm. the third person in that group. It is Tony Storm, Storm who yeah. was great, had great matches with Rhea Ripley. We saw her back here uh Part of Royal Rumble weekend with the uh, Worlds Collide event, she challenged Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Title. They had great battles over the UK Women's Title. I would be all for Tony Storm over here. There's there was great talent in NXT UK. The problem was now you've got a lot of this roster that's just not going to be part of WWE anymore. Uh, I want to end on a good note, and I think this is a, a good story that is not probably talked a lot or known a lot about uh, this particular wrestler or manager. Uh, but let me ask you this. WWE on Fox on their Twitter account uh, recently put out a tweet saying, who is your goat? Now, we talked about who our goats are, Hogan for two of us, or at least at the moment, and Flair for John. And But they only gave you two choices. Who is your goat? Goat, <laughs> uh, Austin or Rock? So if you had to choose between one of those two, who is your goat between one of those two? For me, it's going to be Austin. And this is not the point of why I'm bringing this up. This is just a quick question for you guys. Okay. Christopher? I can't disagree with you because Austin had the longer run on top than Rock. Uh, I got to go with Austin as well. Okay, so three Austins. All right, well, anyways, uh, The Rock saw this on Twitter, and he's very active on Twitter. He responded to this uh, tweet by WWE on Fox. Can you guess who The Rock's goat is? And he did not choose between himself or Austin. Actually, he gave two answers. Well, yes, I okay. So you know the story. So I do then, know the story. So don't yes. ruin it. Did you see the story? I as did well? not see the story. Can you guess who Rock's goat is? Uh, I would say he would have said probably Bruno. San Martino. Yes. No, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, but uh, he went with. Uh, Downtown. Well, he did kind of go with Bruno. Yeah, he he went with downtown Bruno, Bruno, but a different Bruno. Downtown Bruno, aka Harvey Wimpleman. Oh, the former uh, WWE Women's Champion. And he yes. also did. He did say, and this is where John was alluding to. He said Austin would be a close second. Um, the reason he said uh, Harvey Wimpleman, I just want to highlight Harvey Wimpleman for a minute because he seems like he is uh, a great person uh, overall. Uh, the reason. Rock said that was because when he was 15, broken, evicted, uh, Harvey Wimpleman let him live with him downtown uh, in uh, Nashville when they were living there. And I guess he you know, was really a, a key part in The Rock's life growing up. Uh, and there's another story out there that you'll hear a lot if you listen to some uh, other podcasts like JR's, uh, Grilling JR and Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, that Giant Gonzalez... Uh, probably did not manage his money as well as he should have. And when he went home, was it Ecuador he was from or wherever he went back home from to, um, Harvey Wimpleman was sending money to his family and to him out of his own paycheck, which I can't imagine was that big of a paycheck given the role that he had up until the giant Gonzalez death. He was really helping that family um, get through tough times, I guess, sending them money. Uh, and those are just, I think, stories from guys in wrestling mm-hmm. and that need to be brought out because there's always negative stories. Tessa Blanchard, uh, the stuff that's happened in NXK, NXT UK, uh, Velveteen Dream. Those stories always come to the forefront because they're bad and people, you know, they highlight them. them. Yeah. But the yeah. thing you. But this gotta, is a good story that I wanted to bring out and highlight for a guy who you probably would have never heard about again, Harvey Wimpleman, a.k.a. Downtown Bruno. Uh the Rock's goat, at least. The thing you always want to remember, um, and I remember having a, a very quick conversation uh, with Chad Gaspard about it. Um, you got to remember these people travel, and when I say these people, these superstars, these athletes, they travel together for so much time, for so long. 
And even when it's all said and done, I love going on to YouTube. If you go on to YouTube, you'll see uh, WWE puts up the uh, where are they now? Mm-hmm. And um, they show like how the different superstars would just when WWE comes to their town, how they're welcomed backstage. And just to hear a story like that, you're 100 percent right of, you know what? Here's a good guy. Here's someone who looked out for his friends, his comrades, the people, the guy he went up and down the road with that you appreciate those little things. And, and it is one of those things that so many times in the past few weeks uh, at the start of the finishing move, we unfortunately were starting the show discussing the death of a superstar. So it is great to end the show with, you know, to hear a story of a guy who he looked out for the rock and you got to believe I, I don't want to speak on behalf of the rock. He's probably going to look out. He's looked out for him in some way, shape, form or fashion as well in return of thank you for looking out for me. And you, you just hope that things like that continue to take place in this business that we love, that we've been blessed enough to talk about, you know, here on Extra 106.3 and on here for goodness. Has it been two years that we've been doing this? Yeah, it's been a while. So it's great. Yeah, two football seasons, right? Yeah. Uh, and then this will be our third. This and then Chris joined us last uh, year during the football season. So, yeah. This will be our third year that we get to sit and talk about this. Yep. David Dickey pays us for it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, boss. Sorry. Go ahead, Chris. But, yeah, I mean, a guy that, you know, such as uh, Bruno and Harvey Whippleman, um, he – you know, he's a guy that's been around forever. We, in some way, shape, or form, whether you saw him as a manager in the 90s with Giant Gonzalez, which, by the way, is Argentinian, so Argentine, where he was from, um, and, and Kamal and some of the other uh, stars from back then, or whether you just heard the name in documentaries or, you know, superstar specials or whatnot, he was just always around because he was always in that backstage area. It's a guy that you don't get to hang around and, well, not hang around, but be around a company unless you offer for that long. If, offer some form of value and he obviously he worked his tail off for the company and was well liked and well respected and and like you say he, he goes out of his way to take care of people that, that his friends that he fought, saw in need and that's that gets you you know a lot of respect and it's good to hear that at a time when as we've talked about there's so much negativity in the world in general but so much negativity in the wrestling world lately to, to just go down that road it's a good positive feel good moment I'm glad we get to finish the show this way that's right. I just wanted to end on a positive number, a moment, and Good I job. thought that was a positive light in the world of wrestling. Now here make, comes the keel turn. Make box. sure you listen every Thursday night, uh, 7 o'clock on Extra 106.3. We bring you live wrestling, recapping the week, news and notes from the shows and the pay-per-view. So make sure you tune in uh, every Thursday night at 7 o'clock here on Extra 106.3. Download the app. Uh, you can tell Alexa to turn us on. I do that at home sometimes. Uh, so make sure you don't. Well, which Alexa, Bliss or the actual? Wow, whoa! You just took that to a whole nother yeah, level. Wow! Uh, and also, Not everybody, before, <laughs> before we leave, uh, be on the lookout for our Undertaker series that we'll start rolling out. I believe next week uh, we'll start turning those out. But that will be a four or five part series covering the career uh, of the Undertaker. Only, uh, did you say four part series? Four or five. It's probably going to be 10. <laughs> well, we're going to have to condense it some. We're, gonna, we're not going to do uh, match by match. One for every win at WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, but anyways, thanks for listening. Have a great day.